Why do why do women like bad men then? I don't know, but I'm just really pleased they do. They just find the naughtiness <laughs> and and the power that that man has over their man. They find you horny. <laughs> Luckily enough, they still think that now I'm a fat, bald, sixty-year-old cunt, right? No, it's still. No, I'm a realist. I've got my feet on the floor. I look in the mirror. I see what it is. I'm not an idiot. No, I don't deserve the amount of young birds running up around. Can I fuck you as I get? Because if I weren't Dave Courtney and I was just a greengrocer, they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, of course not. Huh? I know that. But um, thank fuck for it, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Praise the Lord. In today's episode, I learned about auctions and sports memorabilia, how Dave ended up with a jacuzzi in his garden. You'll hear the consequences of Dave getting into a fight with a man who tried to bully him and the locals in a pub that he was performing in, and the heartbreak of what happened afterwards. My name's Matt Price, and this is Conversations with Criminals, episode three of a season dedicated to understanding Dave Courtney. Dave's always made me very welcome in his house and he's given me access all areas, but it means that sometimes I've walked in halfway through a conversation. Are you a good shot? Not bad. If I went to anyone else's house and heard them ask someone, are you a good shot? I'd be scared. At Dave Courtney's house, my first thought is, I hope this is recording. You know, to get a rat, you've got to be a good shot, haven't you? To get to... Got one in a cupboard with a pistol at fucking little, exactly little fucking distance. Dave knows a lot of people, so of course he's going to be friends with the guy who shoots rats and pigeons for a living. I mean, why wouldn't he? I said, yeah, what's the problem? Woman's got a fucking rat in her kitchen. I was like, all right. So I've gone round there. Sounds like a song. Yeah. So I've gone round there, and this this poor bird, she's fucking sat in the car. I went, how are you sitting there? I'm not sitting there. I've been sitting there two hours. I went, why is that? She went, there's a rat in the kitchen. I went, all right. She asked me, I went, you've got to show me where it is. So eventually she's fucking let us in. It was like one of them scenes out of Tom and Jerry, fucking woman standing on the fucking chair, fucking making sure I'm having a jump up at her. She went, it's that cunt down now. Opened it up, there's this fucking woman looking at me eating a bit of fucking pasta. Was it? <laughs> so I fucking closed the cupboard, I went, it's in now. She went, can you catch it? I went, no. <laughs> I said, anything I put down, I ain't gonna eat it. Cause it's rats like, eat meat, or are they looking for eating a rat? They'll eat anything. Yeah. There are certain things that I never thought I would Google. Are rats vegan is one of them. For anyone curious, the answer is yes, they can be. But Brendan was right, they will eat anything. Do you have to take the pictures of the rats to show them the rat as well? Yeah, yeah. And how much do you get for a rat? No, you don't get nothing for a rat. Just you get £50 every time you... Something like £50 a bird, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, fucking mental. We'd shoot a load here if you give us a gun, we'd shoot them and you... So I went to Dave's house to learn more about crime and left wondering how I can get a job in pest control. No two days at his house are ever the same. I've met so many different types of people there. I did a stand-up gig at a maximum security prison and according to one of the national newspapers, there was a cannibal in the audience. I told one of Dave's friends about the cannibal and her reply made me laugh. So much so that I couldn't resist talking about it on stage. There was a cannibal there, and she said to me, I, I really feel for the cannibal. And I'm like, what do you mean you feel for the cannibal? Somewhere inside him, there's a frightened young man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
think you'll find that several frightened you, man. <laughs> he ate four people, right? So the prison I'm referring to was actually Broadmoor Maximum Security Hospital for the criminally insane. I went because I had something to prove, and it's an experience I will never forget. Right? Was any patient rehabilitation? Now, I'm not judgmental, but how do you rehabilitate a cannibal? <laughs> Tofu. <laughs> Dave gets booked to do auctions at sporting events, and although his past is behind him, if you are going to hire someone who's known as Dodgy Dave, you might also expect a slightly dodgy auction. Funny story. The Nigel Benn story with the gloves, I told you that, didn't I? I'm not sure if you did. He um, was selling things in Yorkshire and the bloke went, signed gloves here. Well, I'd, I'd signed it. Vim. <laughs> in that ear. And, then, and I went, auction on Nigel Benn's boxing gloves. And I went, it is his actual signature. And Dave, I went, yeah, of course it fucking is, you know. Stop it. Uh, and anyway, so he bought them. I think he bought them for 150 quid. I can't remember, something like that. And he went, yeah, they are reason they start moving up. Of course. Anyway, at the end, we're all signing things, all sitting there signing bits of paper and that. And this guy just come through and he went, uh, Miss Courtney, Miss Courtney, Dave? Yeah. He went, all right, I went, all right. I went, all right, he went, yeah, yeah. He went, um, you still see Nigel? Oh, yeah, I still see him, yeah. Not as often as I used to, but I still see him, yeah. He went, when you see him next, he went, tell him there's two ends in Ben. Right? <laughs> two ends. Is that? Straight away I went, right, hold it, hold it, give him the money back, quick, give him the money back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that cunt. <laughs> he gave him the money back and he just really, really laughed. I went, keep them. There's a funny story that is, mate. I went, keep them. That's he brilliant. went, can I? I went, yeah, keep them. Get that money back. And they just gave him the money back. <laughs> That's very funny. Mate. And That's that other, the other auction he used to do there at the time, El Topo had just come out and he used to go this is the bullet out of the, the gun. The film, you see me load the bullet. Yeah, yeah this is that light. So it must have held about 2,000 rounds, that gun. Well, now you get these people buying the actual shorts that Mike Tyson wore. Yeah, and Anthony like, Joshua. Well, how many pairs of shorts did he fucking wear in yeah, that fight? He's changed I know, every round. I know 60 people with a man on their house, mm. and in every single Fair. solitary show that goes on up down the country, you get these auctioneers that bring all their stuff, the actual boot that... Yeah. Georgie yeah, Best was wearing it, and this is the shorts, Nigel. And I said, we've done it. We, we've done it ourselves, the actual bullet. And <laughs> He sprayed a gun while I was driving him to a show once yeah, in Birmingham. <laughs> he sprayed a gun in my fucking car. It was stinking with gold paint, yeah. I done it out the window. I done it out the window. I unscrewed the wooden bit of the handles, and I sprayed it like that. I wasn't yeah. fucking spraying the fucking car, was I? Right, and and it was still wet when we got there, but he auctioned it as a gun used in the film Hell <laughs> to Play. <laughs> Dave has another story about former world champion boxer Nigel Benn. And we, we went deck collecting to go to the skis house, and it was 37 grand's worth of granite, kitchen and floor. That's what he did. And where he found some little scratch or something, he weren't going to pay it. And um, he got all these brilliant, high, expensive lawyers involved in and not paying it. So it was going to cost his schedule a lot of money. So we went there to get it. When we get it, it was a Sunday afternoon. He had a six series BMW. And um, when we went down there, the bloke weren't in. So we've gone round the back to see if if we can get in or if he was round the back. And he had hundreds, not hundreds, 
about six like swimming pools full of koi carks, some of that big, some of that big, and then this swimming pool, there were little baby ones. It had all the tops going over, over the top. So Tucker went, my mate, my mate, buys all, I know where I'm going to sell that. So he, oh, no, I've now got the keep now. He's, I'm holding one up like this, and he's going, right, it's blue, it's uh, so-and-so, it's about a foot long, and he's going, oh, that's a Santo. I'll give you a three and a half for that. So I was putting that into a watering can and getting another one. So we've ended up getting something like 22 grand's worth of fish out of him. And we would have got more, but he had no more room in the car. There was in black bags, for watering cans, flower pots, the hood, ripped off hood of a jacket. You know what I mean? And there was fish flying around, and we are fucking wetting ourselves. We are wetting ourselves. So we got 22 grand's worth of fish. Shut all the... Shut all the tops back up, tried to make it look like there'd no one been there. His garden furniture was better than the furniture over in my house. His garden furniture was like thick blue leather, you know, with a wooden, fucking stunning. And we went back and got the money off him as well. Right? So, but on the way back, we, I kept a couple of fish because Nigel Ben kept Koi Carp. And we used to spend Sunday afternoons at Nigel Ben's house for about three, four years, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he used to live in, um, Beckenham. Beckenham on the golf course. Me and Colton Leach and him and everyone else used to go out there every Sunday. And the one thing about his garden I thought was really fantastic, he had life-size porcelain leopards climbing up the tree, leaning against the tree. You know, like real, yeah. it was fucking, they were fucking beautiful. Anyway, forget that. <laughs> I've gone in there with his quirk carpet and he built this, you can imagine Nigel being all flash. He built this waterfall, little thing and all that. Show me what one was this and that's that and it's relaxing to sit there and look at them. I can't imagine anything more fucking boring than that. And um, so I thought I'd give him a little present. So I goes into his back garden and puts his fish in the garden. And I thought, by the time I go around there Sunday and I'll go, what about that? When he goes, oh, I've ended up having extra fish. I'm like, it's me, you know, like, I've done that for you. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. so we went, I'll come from an era where my dad bought tropical fish once, big fucking thing of it, Neons, guppies, angel fish, red tail sharks, what everyone else had, and just sat there, looked at it like instead of a telly. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I couldn't get my head around that, and I killed all them by accident when they, they put a phone in. They put a phone into my house. The first time we had the proper phone, and I've dipped, put the wires in the in the fish tank, and they all just went, <laughs> oh! And he said exactly what Nigel went when I went around there. I said, I said, how's the fish? He went, oh, don't, Dave. Don't. He went, I must have caught some virus or something like that. He went, he said, they've all died. I said, what? And I nearly went, that was me. I thought, I gave you that extra one. Yeah, you know, all these fucking fish died. It was distraught. Does he know about it now? It don't matter now. He'd be like, I know, I've never really said it. <laughs> It'd be quite funny. I'd love to because he does come over to the UK sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. we see him. It'd be nice to we see him a lot. Every, no, we see him every time when we there. want to see yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. He don't come here, but yeah. I've done debt collecting for Nigel it, yeah. for two years. I went around collecting his rents because he had all like flats, blocks of flats. I mean, Tucker used to go around and collect all the debtors. You know, like, we worked for everyone, MPs, policemen, you know, everyone, everyone. And Nigel Ben, yeah. So he wouldn't mind you killing his fish then? <laughs> well, you know, he, he would have fucking punched fuck out of me if, had he known at the time they were these babies. It's a long shot, but if Nigel Ben does listen to this podcast, sorry, Nigel, but it is a good story. 
I actually, I actually really. Do you remember the the um, the jacuzzi that you had in the garden? Yeah. You got off the illegal drinking den. Yeah. Yeah. That's a belter of a story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell them, Ben. And well, that was when when they were shutting it down. That Dino threatened to commit suicide, didn't he? No, they got raided. Yeah. They got raided, and he used to have a. It was a four story house in Dart. Dartford, yeah. one of the ice streets, and he had electric shutters on it, and he turned it into a den. Just painted the floorboards black, the walls black, everything black, and on the ceiling, on the roof of the thing, he had the massive big jacuzzi, was put up there by a crane, all the gangsters, all the chaps used to use it purely as a drugs den, as a meeting place of, and he had one floor as a recording studio, so he had an excuse for people going in 24 hours a day. Um, it was him who introduced us to Big Nasty. Mm. The next floor he had like a bong room, you know, like um, hashish pipes and all that. Yeah. And on the roof he had that. And the police went to come and raid his house one day. They couldn't get into the thing, but it was all outside. And they're trying to break his, what's his name up? And how he thought this, I don't know. He got up onto the, to the roof and stood on the edge and went, don't break in my house or I'm going to jump. If you break in, I'll jump, I'll jump. And they're going, oh, stay there then. And he was just letting everyone take their drugs, hide the thing. Ring up people, get their house cleared out quickly before they get nicked and they're going back to raid their houses. He, he gave them six hours to clear up their mess before he went, all right, I'll come down. And every time the police went, go, they go, I'll jump. And they went and got a negotiator. That's Dino, the guy who's now the hot dog salesman down at Eureka. That's him, right? Right. And he blind, blinding fella. And he kept going, I don't come, I'll jump, jump. And when everyone had gone, got there, all. I'm going to get nicked in a minute, make sure there's nothing indoors. And they've done all that, took whatever drugs they could take and not sell, and then let them in, right? But it was his place that that we got the the jacuzzi from. Yeah. Right? And we got the crane to come down and take the jacuzzi off the top of the house, and then the lorry, the flatback lorry that was, was supposed to come and collect it, yeah. that didn't turn, turn up, did it? Yeah, and we had no... Uh, so we're leaving in the middle of the road. It like a fucking big jacuzzi. It was for 16 people. It was the biggest one you got. And like four or five people couldn't move it or lift it up. Yeah, yeah. These were a went, oh, I can't. I've got to go. That, that was funny. That's funny. And then you got someone to sleep in it. That's right, right, yeah. You got right. someone to sleep in it for the night. So as in case they try to nick it. Had to push it up against the wall and it was just out on, it was out on the road that much and we had someone sleeping in it. Dave then had to get someone else who had access to a lorry to get the jacuzzi and take it back to Plumstead. When that lorry finally arrived at Dave's house, the driver couldn't get down the lane because it was too narrow. The jacuzzi had to be left in the middle of the road for a couple of hours. Eventually, a group of people carried it down the lane and after a lot of effort, lifted it into Dave's garden. After all that, the jacuzzi didn't work. So in the end, Brendan gave it away to a swingers club. It shouldn't be a surprise when I tell you that Dave's one-man shows are full of really funny and interesting stories, although not everyone likes what he does. What you're about to hear is an account of a very violent incident, but it's the consequences of that violence that I found fascinating. I went to visit Dave in hospital at the time that it happened, and he really was in a bad way. I didn't expect to see him like that. And I suppose this next story really shows that you just never know how a situation will play out. Or when? And um, I was going to be doing a show, and before the show started, it was it was uh, 
an Eastern Bloc person, you know what I mean, Polish or Romanian or something like but that. You do this before every show a lot of the time, Dave, don't you? Going integrate with the people and yeah, and I just go in there first an hour beforehand and play Paul and chat to him and say, look, you know, my show's an interaction show. I need you to ask me questions. Don't be shy. Talk to me while I'm up there. And, and it's easier if I chat to him. I'll play Paul and all that. But because I play Paul with one hand, this bloke was a good player. And he just instantly hated my guts for being a cocky flash. Who does he think he is? People out there paying to listen to him be gangster. And he's sitting there playing with one hand, you know. And beating him didn't help. Right? And he just instantly took a dislike to me and he was he was a bully. He was trying to be a bully to me. Okay. So let alone what he was like to everyone else in the pub. I didn't know, you know what I mean? But he was just uh, too loud and, and the accent was intimidating for people and I just knew, I knew that he was just going to be a problem. Right? And... Um, he was, he was saying to other people as well as me, talk slowly. Talk to me slowly. Me not understand. Uh, you know, but sounding aggressive. And, and yeah. I thought, well, he's going to be sitting here listening to my show. And then he did. And then halfway through the show, he put money in the pool table and turned it on. And the balls all going, everyone's listening to the noise. And, uh, and I had to go and say, stop. So he was just a complete and utter fucking pest. And um, at the end, he, he went into the... Well, he we had, had said a few to words, you before, yeah. he said to you before, stop, stop, don't talk gangster, show me gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just really at it with him. And he goes into the toilet and I went into the toilet and he had his back turned anyway, so it was a little bit of a fucking cheap shot. And I had both dusters on and I was completely fucking ruined the cunt, like completely ruined it. And one of the shots where he was going down like that, he looked up and where I hit him and the duster, the duster broke the tooth off after I, the tooth stuck in, into me and then the duster hit him. You know what I mean? In the split second, yeah. you know, that, the tooth stuck into my knuckle, then the duster hit and knocked the tooth out. The tooth was stuck in my knuckle. I couldn't strike my finger. It was in the, in the actual knuckle bit. But you weren't aware of that at the time, though, were no, you? No, I wasn't aware of that at the time because you're going boom, boom, boom. You don't even know if you're hurt. You can break a finger or you can dislocate a thumb and you don't know until afterwards. Then yeah. you go, oh, fuck, you don't know, do you? You're, you're doing a little 20-second yeah. uh, testosterone rush and you just... And, and, and I ruined this fella. I think I went in again. I went out, I went out of the toilet and then went back in and he was in the cubicle. Is that right? There was quite a mess on the scene. Oh, there was all the blood in it. Yeah, yeah, went, and yeah. they was going, can you stop? But he didn't actually, you weren't no. sure, and you just kept going for a bit. Yeah. You said, yeah. I'm not finished yet. They said, look, no, he's, he's finished. finished. He's finished, that's what I said. Yeah. No, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I'm yeah. not finished. But when he went, he left, and then he waited for an hour, and then like to see what was going to happen. So I didn't went, know whether he was going to go and get the police yeah, and all that. But he went back, and everyone There was loads of people that had come and seen me and in there, so I said, <laughs> don't go, just stay away and see if the police come, and... If they yeah. don't ring me up and I'll come back. <laughs> Everyone went, oh, we're so glad you've done and that. The, the governor was going, thank you, thank you. Like, he lives around here. No one had the arsehole to hit him because he'd be back here tomorrow. And, you know. But but that, that whole incident changed his life. Yeah, because because I ended up getting... Arthritis. Off, it, 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 
the dirtiness of his teeth got into my bone marrow. It got into my blood system first, and it got, then it got into my bone marrow where it where he chipped my bone with his tooth, yeah. right? And and it and it started making me really really ill. I went to hospital about a week later. My hand all swelled up so, and everything. Yeah, it's not exactly right, but it didn't get in your bone marrow. What it done was that the infection got in your blood, and because yeah. you hadn't gone to hospital for three weeks, because it only looked like a little thing now, yeah. But it had travelled up his arm. And then there was all red veins yeah. coming up there. And, and the poison, he was getting septicemia. It was, uh, had it got to his kidneys, he would have been dead. There's nothing they can do once it gets to the kidneys. So they quickly had to put in so many antibiotics, so overcharged him with antibiotics, that it triggered the arthritis. That's what actually triggered his arthritis. And I was in hospital for five he, end, he, end, he ended up three weeks in St. Thomas's Hospital and, and at one point there was a cyst on his knee like the size of um, a tennis ball and they took a litre of like orangey brown liquid. They, they burst it. Yeah, but don't forget, I was right out of my nut at the time. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember like, all this because they kept just giving yeah, me things. He was on, but, but, but the one day when it was out, the doctor went, come round to visit him and he went, right, I'm fucking doing that now. And they just fucking got a syringe, popped it but they took out a fucking cupful, like maybe half a litre of thick, orangey-brown well, What it was doing, it was accelerating my arthritis into all the joints. Sent, yeah, and it sent like it Crystallising joints or something. Yeah, what it done was he went into hospital, and if you get arthritis, it gradually gets a little bit worse every year. But what happened to him in the three weeks... I was weeks, just lying there in the hospital In like the three that. weeks he got it, it triggered it, and it accelerated at such a rate that it was like having it for five years. So when they actually give me the x-ray to go, you got off right, it's like, wow, you've had it for years, and I hadn't. It I hadn't he had, he hadn't had it before he went in hospital. But they, they worked out afterwards that the over um, the amount of antibiotics they had to give him to save it. Was it was three weeks I was in St. Queen's. Two, two weeks in Queen Elizabeth and three weeks in fucking St. Thomas's. Because they didn't know what it was, what no, was getting better. Weeks. They're giving me everything, and I was getting worse. And I was going fucking yellow, going yellow. I was, ended up, I was in a wheelchair in the end, couldn't walk, couldn't couldn't hold a cup. And I was thinking, fucking hell, I couldn't believe it. And it was just fucking. It was that thing. This tooth that caused all yeah. that. Well, they said a tooth is the dirtiest thing you can get in contact with because it's got all the germs from the food. That's gone off. Yeah, so uh, if that. Every had it, done me. Yeah. I was never the same after that. Never. He frightened the absolute shit out of me, the doctor, when I left. He went, I'll be perfectly honest with you, and I got out of there in a wheelchair out of a black taxi, didn't we? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was all curled up like that, taking little tiny steps like this, and the doctor went to me, well, listen, it is, uh, it is rap rapid rheumatoid arthritis, right? Um, and he went, and the thing is with arthritis, it doesn't get any better ever. We can slow it down, but it, it will only ever get worse each year, right? And I was actually like that, not knowing I would be someone that seems to hear me out, and I was like, well, this is it. But he did say that Toby did say it's it until it gets into you, it takes six months and it eats away. But once it's settled in you, they can then treat it. 
They can't treat it while it's travelling around your body because it's going everywhere. And no matter what they do, is it, they might treat that bit, but then it goes to that bit. So they let it get into your body. They just monitor you until it's got into your body. And once it has got into your body, and, and after six months, they then decide what course of action might benefit you. And, and he was lucky that the Sims ear injection just as like a miracle has actually fucking made him walk, move. Uh, uh, if it weren't for that, you would have been fucked, mate, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, big time. Right, but this, this injection finished, is man. like a fucking miracle thing. I didn't actually want a beer. No, I didn't. Uh. I didn't actually want a beer. I thought, this is it. This is like, oh, you know, you got to help me, Ben. I don't want a beer. I can't do this. I can't I can't be this. Couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't. It was awful. Couldn't hold a knife and fork. Couldn't grip anything. Couldn't bend my feet to walk up the stairs. Couldn't bend my elbow to have a wink. I couldn't fucking hold a pull cue. A pint, could I? No. I couldn't hold a pint. Couldn't hold couldn't, nothing. Couldn't pick up um, a knife and fork. Awful. Awful. It hurt me to blink. Right. Yeah, Yawn. The pain was excessive, wasn't it? Though? That, that pain. Like, hurt me to blink. So I, just, I genuinely did not want to be here. And stuck it on him to go, right, you got to do it. Or something, whatever, fuck it, I don't care, whatever it is, I've got And I wait, you know, it was awful. And the, I, in my head, I kept ringing, it kept ringing back to me where he's going, it don't get any better. And I couldn't get my head around this, what was like, oh, you know, I forgot to, it had all calmed down after six months and we'd work out what fucking form of medication we'll have and we'll try this and we'll try that. And I was on all these tablets anyway, yeah. and they just weren't doing nothing. Then they then they popped up with this injection, which worked. But there was a time where, you know, I genuinely thought I'd think I was done. Would you? This is a, such a personal uh, question. Uh, would you have killed him? Uh, I, w- I wouldn't have wanted to, but had he stayed like that, I would have killed him out of love because I wouldn't. I couldn't let him do that. You know what I mean? I'd have had whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But if he had said to me, look, I can't live like this, and I knew the pain he was in, I would have had to, because I love no, him. No, 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 I'd want to get him in any trouble. No, we'd have but done he would have, he'd have got me the thing to go bum yeah, on yeah, or whatever. We'd have done whatever we'd have had to do. But I would have definitely, because I know him, and I wouldn't want him to have to go through that. How, 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 how we decided to do it, which I was going to do it with a... Um, what's it name? Pen. The um, insulin. Insulin. Okay. Just bum 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 and wait. Ten minutes later, you die. Yeah. Right. It don't hurt. You understand know I me? Mean? I couldn't do the pills and then get sick halfway through and get known for I tried to kill myself. I couldn't do it wrong. We was going to try and wait until all these benefits are just coming at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> It was awful. It was fucking awful. I'm not saying we sound spoke about it all the time, but I, I did say, well, I can't, you know, if this yeah. is it. Yeah. Fucking terrible that was. Head fuck. There is a positive side to all this. Five years later, Dave is in good health and things are back to normal. Well, normal. Didn't realise, I forgot that the woman was fucking watching every move I was fucking doing. It was fucking claret all over the back of the fucking cupboard and everything. It was funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> funny. <laughs> mm. 
that is the end of episode three. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your support. If you could do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes, a favorable one, please. Um, if you didn't like it, that's okay. There's plenty of other podcasts out there. But um, I appreciate everything. I really do. And this journey has been amazing. And every little bit of kindness, every review really does help. So until next time, thank you. Take care.